thank you for downloading this podcast from the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. This episode of Pardes from Jerusalem features Rav Mike Foyer and Parashat Ekev. This episode has been sponsored by Emily Simon in honor of the loving memory of her father, Akiva Ben Zerach Udvora, Zichono Livracha. And now, here is Rav Mike Foyer. Parshat Ekev, Memory as a Constructive Process. You know, when I look at the book of Devarim, of Deuteronomy, I see that its primary frame in many ways is memory. I mean, just on a simple narrative level, here we are at the edge of the River Jordan in the plains of Moab, and Moshe is retelling what happened in the wilderness. In many ways, the very simple fact of this retelling is the frame for how we can best understand the relationship between Devarim and the other four books of the Torah. It's really an expression of an essential nature of truth. Here we have the four books of the Torah, which are a narrative. They're telling about experience. And then we have the fifth, which is Moshe retelling that experience as a recollection, as a memory. And it poses that oh-so-important question of where does the truth really lie in life, in our experience or in our subsequent relationship to it through memory. Because the Mishnah Torah, as it's called, the second Torah, the repetition or Deuteronomy, is far more than a retelling in the factual sense of going over what actually happened. It's a remembering, a taking of the pieces of the past and putting them together in a way in which really is reflective of myself in the present. You know, if you look into cognitive science, you'll find that many people today relate to memory as a reconstructive process. Now that's, at least by many, seen as a negative, meaning rather than being able to access the actual past, what our memory does for us is give us a version filled with distortions and even gross inaccuracies. But others, myself included, see this property of memory as actually its greatest virtue. In my counseling work, I'm always trying to get people to tell their story. And as much as our story seems to exist in the past, I mean, after all, here we are in the present, moving toward the future, it's always important to remember, haha, that memory doesn't exist in the past. It exists in the present. And when I ask you to tell me about the past, what's happening is you're basically telling a story of your own life events. But it's one that's guided, framed, and even driven by who you are in the present. In essence, our memory is telling a story of the past, which hopefully constructs a present identity that is motivated and enabled to get me to the future. Now, on the personal level, that's a dynamic that I look to for building a healthy identity. Because, like I said, if I can tell a story of my past, integrating all of its pieces, and by the way, forgetting some, we'll come to that, in a way which makes leaves me sort of self-empowered in the present to engage the future with real agency, then that's really what we call a healthy, integrated identity. I'm able to live my story, past, present, and as it unfolds, in the future. On the scale of collective memory, beyond the individual, when we as Jews return to memories, we do it all the time together, through the calendar, through communal experience of life cycles, through our collective reading and rereading of our own story. I mean, in fact, we do it in public on purpose. You know, the beauty is, if on the personal level, we call this sort of healthy identity, this dynamic between 
who I am now, how I tell my story of the past, and the way in which that positions me for the future, right? on the larger level, the collective memory level, this is actually recursion. If you're familiar, I don't want to overwhelm anybody with mathematical or scientific terms, but if you're, if you're familiar, those who understand will appreciate that collective memory is really its recursive property. And that makes our shared ex recollection of experiences, remember experiences which none of us individually had, standing at Sinai, coming out of Egypt, walking through the wilderness, it makes that shared recollection of experiences which none of us individually have a sketch like a beautiful tree down through time and across culture. That may be too abstract. So I just want you to hold this. Memory is a primary frame for Gvarim because by posing Moshe's revisitation of the past against the four books which seem to unfold a present, it not only offers us that true tension in truth itself about whether it lies in my experience or my subsequent memories of it, it gives us an opportunity to really seize on memory as a tool for construction. And our Parsha offers a few choice opportunities to see just how memory functions in that constructive sense, both morally and practically beyond what my narrative philosophical musings may lead us. The first one shows up in the eighth chapter of Devarim with Deuteronomy, lines two through five. It, of course, begins with, Zecharte et kol right, Remember the long way that God has made you travel in the wilderness for these past 40 years. Don't forget, there's Moshe with all the survivors of the generation of the wilderness, and he's telling them, what just went down over the last 40 years. And he explains, this wasn't for naught. Right? God has done this. Whatever you may have heard about a punishment for a generation that had to fade away, for you who are standing here today and will remember this forever, he's done it to test you through these hardships to learn what's in your hearts. Whether you keep the commandments, and he gave you specifically the manna in the desert, which is a discussion that deserves its own attention. But for now, that that manna was meant to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but rather basically on what God says. Your clothes didn't wear out, says Moshe, nor did your feet swell. I'm telling you what happened to you, notice. And bear in mind that the Lord your God disciplines you just as a man disciplines his son. Now, this is a statement spoken by Moshe to the generation of the wilderness, but seeing as it's embedded in our primary text, it's a memory given to all of us for all time. I mean, after all, who doesn't need to know and constantly remember that man doesn't live on bread alone? Furthermore, there's a very important relationship model posited here, one that depends on a certain function of memory. It says, bear in mind that the Lord your God disciplines you just as a man disciplines his son. Now, it's true that that phrase, bear in mind, is viadata, literally, know with your heart. And there's a huge exploration to be made between the, uh, in the relationship between memory and knowledge. But on the simple sense, bearing something in mind requires that I recall it, that I remember it continually. This is the way in which memory isn't just a visiting of the past in the present. It's not even just a telling a story of the past that allows me to be who I want to be in the present. It's a using of the past to cultivate present consciousness. Bear this in mind. Remember, in order that you know now. And that's no easy task. I mean, there are certain truths which are either too abstract 
or too challenging to be easily recalled all the time. They don't just get installed and sit there as a filter. They have to be, be born in mind. We have to revisit them and reconstruct our relationship to them regularly. Now, fortunately, for those of us who take this call to remember seriously, the Torah didn't just leave this as an abstract idea or an admonition of Moshe to the generation of the wilderness, or rather, more properly, the one that survived the wilderness, because the Torah almost always binds memory to action. That's a huge exploration which I encourage you to pursue in the third paragraph of the Shema. But in this case, the Torah's binding of memory to action takes a very specific form, because when you go just a couple of verses further, what you'll see is a description of the land and its goodness, and it says in Devarim 810, right? And you'll eat, and you'll be filled and satisfied, and you will give thanks. You will bless the Lord your God for the good land which God has given you. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, but what does this have to do with memory? That takes place in the present, Mike. I mean, it's all well and good to say that the generation of the wilderness is being told by Moshe, listen, don't forget. Don't forget you ate the manna and you suffered in the wilderness because when you go into the land, eat and really be happy about it and thank God. So that's an immediate contrast. But the Ramban points out that this is exactly about memory. He there on that verse says the following. It says, It says you eat, you know, you become full and you make a blessing, you give thanks. Right? You should remember the slavery in Egypt. And the suffering in the wilderness. Then, when you eat and you're satisfied in the land, or that good land, right? and you should therefore, then in that moment, you're going to thank God for it. And our sages, he says, see this as a positive commandment, meaning this is a call for all time. Even says the Ramban, though he knows that Moshe is specifically talking to people who will be able to access their own experience, right? This is a powerful demonstration of how we're called to remember down through the generations and also why. Like I said, the generation hearing this from Moshe could make the direct link between their own experience of suffering in the wilderness and this call to remember and be grateful. Their difficult journey might be over here in the book of Devarim, but by referring to it in their personal memory, they would never forget the truth that man doesn't live on bread alone, and we ought to be grateful for what we have. They have an experiential basis also, by the way, for understanding God like a parent, as we saw at the end of that previous paragraph, right? Bear in mind that the Lord your God disciplines you as he dis a man disciplines his son. But every subsequent generation would lack that direct experience. And what the Ramban is telling us is they would have a repeated action. Every time we eat, we are telling a story of what was, which connects to what is right now, mm, I'm satisfied, in order to cultivate what I want to be, which is grateful for what I have, and remembering that life is not just about bread, and that when God sends us curveballs, we're meant to recall that it's really to teach us what we're capable of. So, Beyond this example, Parsha offers us another demonstration of the power of memory to shape our personal and collective identity, this constructive capacity. And uh, I'll close out with this one. So you look a little bit further in the Parsha, and truth be told, in the chapter, that's really where we're focused. And here at Devarim 
lines 17 through 20, it says the following. And you're going to say in your heart, notice the connection again between memory and heart, a worthwhile exploration. It says, you're going to say in your heart, it was my power and the might of my own hand which have won this wealth for me. I mean, the immediate context is, yeah, you suffered and followed me, says God, and you ate the manna and drank from the well, and you had the clouds of glory in the wilderness. But everybody knows, once you get into the land and you have to work for what you have, the great danger is that the effort you put out will convince you that it's you that brought the reward. And this, by the way, is a fundamental moral challenge. It's the challenge of power. It was my power and the might of my own hand which brought this wealth, which is often our experience, no matter what our theology may say. In many ways, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, this is the original sin of Zionism, which didn't just have this own experience. I mean, incredible what the Zionist movement built with its own hands, but philosophically was founded in many ways by the rejection of God's agency and the seizing of full agency for humanity. You can listen to my Jewish story podcast to get the depth on that or shoot me an email at robmikefoyer at gmail.com if you want to understand or challenge. But for now, I think we can all agree that it's problematic to believe that it's all me that makes it happen in the world. Whether you believe in God or not, we all have to appreciate there's always a larger context. And thus, the text goes on and says, You should remember the Lord your God. God is the one who gave you this strength, the power to get this wealth. Now, there's two things here. First of all, of course, is the reappearance of our notion of memory. And this is obviously not a question of check the box. Do you remember that it was God who brought you into Egypt? Because every time I act, every time I take agency, which is not just a fundamental aspect of human experience, but is the reason Am Yisrael was brought out of the wilderness into the land. Moshe is giving them this speech in order to frame a transition in their very role in the universe. They're no longer the passive riders on the clouds of glory, eaters of mana, drinkers of the well. They're about to become the active builders of the land and hopefully constructors of Torah. And in order to do that, they have to use the power and the might of their own hands. But they have to appreciate while doing it that there's a danger. Remember God. And not just once as a check the box. Yeah, God brought us into this land. But all the time. It's another case of bearing in mind. Right? Remember as a frame of consciousness and not just as a point of information. It's really memory as a call to consciousness. And what's particularly powerful for me, and I'll end on this note, is that it's followed by a warning of what happens if we forget. Because it says there, right? And if you do forget the Lord your God, oy vavoy, right? bowing down to other gods and serving them, and of course here worshiping the power of your own hand, I warn you that you shall surely perish. Now, it's worth it to me to note that this is not just a zero-sum. Either believe everything comes from God or be an idol worshiper. Notice in the text, what you're specifically remembering is not that God gave you your wealth. It's that God gave you the power to make wealth, that you're a partner in creation. And to be a proper partner in creation, you have to have a memory. You have to hear this call to consciousness, and you have to avoid forgetting. Because forgetting on that level is to fall to the level of the idolatrous nations. Right? It says, like the nations that the Lord will cause to perish before you, so shall you perish because you didn't heed the Lord a wonderfully biblical phrase. You know, 
This warning about forgetting always strikes me as a bit resonant with George Santayana's famous warning. Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. And it's an important lesson in someone who spends most of his time, frankly, trying to tell the story of the Jewish past. I appreciate it. But, you know, the reality is there's a more hopeful way in which we could phrase it, and it really belongs to our own organic voice in the Holy Baal Shem Tov, Master of Hasidut. He puts a little bit more positive spin on the power of memory to redeem. And I think we could do worse than closing with his words. Says the Holy Baal Shem Tov, as it is with an individual, so it is with humanity as a whole. Exile flows from forgetting and redemption from memory. And he says the words of a wise man's mouth find favor. That's a quote from Kohelet. And may I be so blessed that these words find favor in your eyes and you appreciate the power of memory as a constructive capacity. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you again for downloading this podcast, a production of the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you download your podcast today. Be sure to follow us on Spotify for the latest episode of Pardes from Jerusalem or by visiting elmod.pardes.org. Tune in next week as Rabbi Michael Hatton discusses Parashat Re'eh. Thanks for listening.